Thank you, Brother Jason. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This will not be an expository message, just for the simple fact of the type of uh, topic that I'm covering. I'm going to give you some background uh, about our church and um, how we handle our missions. Uh, I I don't like to use the word program. Uh, but how we handle missions here at Whitfield Baptist Church and how I believe it's the biblical way. And uh, as a matter of fact, if, if you do mark in your Bibles, you're going to see the last time I preached on missions here, I actually jump-started from this passage because I think this is a great passage about missions. So we're just uh, going to take our time. I'm not going to hold you long. As a matter of fact, it's 6.34. Everybody can look at their clock right now. I'm going to try to have us out uh, 7 o'clock, 10 after 7, something like that. So, Brother Larry, if I start approaching 7 o'clock, if you'll just start doing jumping jacks in the back, I'll know to calm down. I'm just going to try to do what now? Ah, you are not. You are not. All right, uh, take your Bible, stand with us as we read, and we'll get right into the message. Please pray for me. Uh, The Bible says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, then we'll go to verse 12. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, uh, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. Verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, check this out, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Verse 12, for the sake of time. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Let's pray. Father, we just want to take a moment and praise you. and Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us. You're so good to us, Lord. Lord, I know many times we can walk through those doors and our hearts are heavy. They're burdened down with the cares of this world. Lord, it may be financial, it may be relationships. Lord, there's just no telling what goes on in someone's heart and mind. Uh, Lord, as they put a smile on their face and their three-piece suit or their dress. And God, we know that inside, uh, they're dying within. And God, we know that we can reach out to you, that you're there for us, that you're our rock, our salvation. You're that uh, high and mighty tower that we can cling to, God. And I just pray that tonight you would be honored and glorified through the message Lord, may you draw us closer to you through the message. Help us to see the need of the lost needing to be saved. We praise you and thank you. I ask you to be with our pastor. You give him and Sister Connie uh, a good traveling uh, day back on Tuesday. May you use him as he preaches uh, there in Fairbanks this afternoon. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So October 14th through the 17th, our missions revival is going to be upon us. And uh, Brother Jason told us this morning that the theme is Rescue a sinner, and praise the Lord for that, because you know what, I was a sinner, we are still sinners, you know, we're all still sinners, we all uh, fall short of the glory of God every day, if it's something that we say, something that we, how we act, or whatever it may be, we always fall short, but as we can look back at that map back there, there's right at 7 billion people in this world, and as I was kind of looking through some of my notes from previous messages, and actually it was in the front of this Bible, out of that 7 billion, about five years ago, the account was like 3.2 billion had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Now, we can take uh, the fact that, you know, we've got a missions revival coming up, and uh, we can just kind of like slide, uh, slide by us, and we can't, and we can take where it's not very important to us. But my friends, the fact is there's people dying and going to hell around us every day. And sometimes I feel like, Brother Jason, that we get, because we've received the Lord, sometimes we get to the point in our lives where we say, well, okay, I'm, I'm safe, that's all we need to be, I'm fine, I don't need to reach out to anyone. But that's not true. Let me give you a quick, just a couple of quick things. Brother Cody's going to get some things ready for me. I want to challenge you today, this afternoon, about what is God's will for your life. It doesn't matter to me if you're five years old, six years old, if you've been saved up to 99. God has a will and a purpose for your life. If there was not a will and a purpose for, for your life in, 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 God's, in God's plan, you had already exited this world. I believe when the last person calls upon the name of the Lord and they receive Him as their Savior, we're going to be out of here because there's no other reason that we're here uh, except to show people and how to be saved and receive Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, I believe, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And what more uh, to honor and bring glory to God than to show someone how to be saved and how to invest our lives uh, in others while we wait on His return. Now, you're going to see a card like this. Brother Cody, do you have our missions, our missions uh, faith promise card? There it is. If you've been a part of this church uh, for the last year, you have seen this card, but I wanted to cover it with you just for just a moment. I'm not going to get into begging you for money. Brother Stenet Blue is going to ask you to give. Okay? The, there was a preacher one time that said this. He said, uh, the gospel is free, uh, but it takes money to get it to them. And that's true. But I wanted you to take a look at this card. I'm just going to show them the front, Brother Cody. You're going to see here that's in two parts. Okay? One part is for you. One part is for the um, staff of the church where they can tell exactly how much money we give toward missions. And that way we can figure out exactly how many missionaries we can bring on. We're going to have three missionaries with us this, uh, this time around. There's going to be Brother, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brother Mike Staley. There's going to be a Brother Stanley. And I cannot pronounce that brother's name that's at Calvary. Do you know? Do you remember what his name is? I can't remember either. But it's, I can't pronounce his name. So we need to be praying for him. And, and brother, what is it? Cronin. That's it, brother Cronin. Brother Cronin. And brother Stenet Ballou, as brother Jason has already said, is going to be challenging us to do what we can in the area of missions. Now, as you'll note on here, there's nowhere on here for you to write your name. And the church is not going to come to you and ask you, uh, once you make that faith promise, they're not going to come to you and ask you for one dime, not one dime. This is just something to help us plan on how many missionaries that we can take on. I'm going to tell you this, friends. Even if you have small children, Brother Vinny, Brother Alex, Sister Tani, uh, Sister Tria, and all those other folks that's got small children, I would get them involved in this. Even if they filled the card out for a nickel, Youth, I would get you involved. You say, Brother Darrell, I don't have a job. It doesn't matter that you don't have a job. That's where you start asking God, hey, Lord, you told me you've, you've put this amount on my heart. Uh, Lord, it's your responsibility. I'm not saying that out of disrespect. If the Lord lays an amount on your heart and you check that box of $10, $15, $5 a week or a month, it is his responsibility to fulfill that exact amount. Because he has laid that on your heart. It's a faith thing. If we have faith in God that he will provide that, he will. Now, enough about that card. You'll see a lot more about that. But I also wanted to talk to you about our 
envelopes, our tithing envelopes, and I'm sure most of you are here. I was thinking there may be some family here that's only been here for a, uh, less than a year and may not have these. But I want you to see that this is how uh, Brother Jason takes care of how he deviates the funds for our church. We've got a blank here for tithes. We have a blank here for missions and a blank here for building. Just make sure you fill that out appropriately for when the tithes and the offerings and the missions comes. It comes to Brother Jason, and he'll be able to uh, take that and develop it the way it needs to be. I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk down here because I just feel a lot more comfortable. I thought about this because I thought about stepping off there. Now, Brother Jason, when I was younger, I could have jumped off there, but now I might fall. So, all right, let's talk just a little bit about what the Lord has laid on my heart in the area of missions. If you take notes, write this down. Just write a couple of these things down. As I said earlier, there's 7 billion people in the world today. 7 billion people. There's 196 countries. Now, there's, I remember years ago, there was 234 countries, and there's certain things that have to line up in order for you to be considered a country. So, there's 196 countries. Out of that 96 countries, uh, there is, um, well, they, let's skip that. The other day on the radio, I was listening about these 196 countries and how we need to reach the people uh, just around us, how God has put certain people in your path that I cannot reach. And people has put, uh, God has put people in my path that you cannot reach. And as I was flipping through the radio, some of y'all may have heard this, 27% of Christians, 27% of Christians has shared the gospel 10 times or more last year. Only 27%. They have a, a fervency of wanting to share the gospel. That leaves 73% that has no desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now I'll ask myself, where do I fit into that? Do I have the boldness to reach out and, and talk to people about Jesus? Do you have the boldness to reach out and talk to people about Jesus? There was a gentleman by the name of um, Charles Engel. Some of y'all may know Brother Rick Spence with New Life Baptist Church. Uh, Brother Charles Engel was a member of our church when I went there. And uh, I called up Brother Rick and I said, Brother Rick, tell me the story about how Brother Charles came to know Jesus Christ. Now, let me say, guys, that we are all missionaries. Everyone that's sitting in here is a missionary. Whether you are a full-time missionary or whether you are a missionary to the people that you work with, go to school with, you are a missionary. And that person across the street over there is just as important as the person that lives in Port Elizabeth, South Africa or in um, Asia or Europe or anywhere. My point being, you would think that everyone in the United States of America has heard about Jesus Christ. You would think that. So I called up Brother Rick Spence, and I remembered him telling us how Brother Charlie accepted the Lord. So he was out on visitation. He looked to his wife and said, well, now we need to go see Charlie. So they went over there, sat down with him. He said, Charlie, have you ever been to church? He said, well, you know, my wife went to church, and my children, they go, they've been to church, and I've never been to church, and Brother Rick said, well, Charlie, have, has anyone ever sat down and showed you in the Bible how you could know that you're going to heaven? And he said, no. He was 73 years old, and he was right here in Dalton, Georgia, and had never heard about Jesus Christ. Make a long story short, Charlie got saved and started witnessing to his family, 
today Charlie's in heaven, thankful for Brother Rick going over and talking to him and accepted the Lord right there. But my point being is we can't, we can't just uh, assume that people have heard the gospel right here in Dalton, Georgia. We've got to reach out. You say, Brother Daryl, it's hard for me to reach out to people. I can understand that if you're shy. I'm not shy. I can talk to a stop sign. It's easy to take out a track at the gas station or wherever you may be and say, hey, let me invite you to church. I go to Whitfield Baptist Church. The address is there on the back. By the way, the message in that track changed my life. That's all you got to say. Thank you. Hope you can make it. See, the Bible says that his word will not return back void. So it's not the messenger giving it to him, although God uses us to get his message across. It's the message that's in the track. And we have got to be used by God in order to do that. So again, I ask you, what is God's will for your life? I think of Brother Jeremy's parents. I think of others. I think of Brother Roberts, who later on in life, the Lord had called them and spoke to them, spoke to their hearts and said, I want you in a certain area. I want you to, I want you to go here. I want you to go to India. I want you to go be a, uh, take pastor's places all over the world. And they did it. So just because you're 50 plus doesn't mean that God doesn't want you on the mission field. But by the way, like I said, you can be a missionary right here. In order to be an effective missionary, you've got to have a burden for souls. Number one, you've got to have a burden for souls. These are not the points. You've got to have a burden for souls. But you've got to love people. I remember when I was in a, um, a mission drive, Brother Jeff Alberson was preaching. I was sitting right here where Brother Jeremy is. He was showing a video, or not he, but the missionary was there. And I believe, listen, I believe this is what we need to do as a church. When these missionaries come and they present their burden, I would ask that you would have your hearts and minds open. And you'd say, Lord, if you call me, I will go. If you want me to go, Lord, I will go. But mean it in your heart, for sure. So I got up, and I went to the altar. Again, I think we need to do this when, when our missionaries come. I laid my life on the altar, and I said, Lord, if you want me to go, I'll go. Lord, I'm ready to go. I want to go. Lord, please let me go. And see, I have a, a heart, and I'm not bragging on myself. The Lord has placed a burden in my life for the people of South Africa. Now, let me tell you, it's not because that Mark Coffey is there or Kevin Hall or Jeremy. It was placed in my heart long before they even went there. And just as clear as clear could be, the Lord told me no. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean no, Lord? What do you mean? I, I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to pack today. I'm going. Okay. And he said no. And I really didn't understand that until about six or seven years ago. Now, I've been helping in... Uh, missions for quite a while and I learned all of it from Brother Wayne and other pastors, Brother Austin Gardner and it was just because I was a sponge and as I was preparing this message I thought about all of y'all being like little Spongebobs you know, I thought y'all need to be sponges just taking in everything that we can and applying it to our lives and how we can help missionaries how we can be a, a good example for them and reach out for them and help them but anyway he said I, later on as I got to praying, not understanding really why the Lord said what he said to me, he made, in my heart, he said this to me, I can use you more here for the furtherance of the gospel, helping them, than what I can use you on the field. And for the first time, there was a burden lifted off of my shoulders. Because for a long time, I wanted to be on the mission field. But God just wouldn't let me go, and now I know why. So, praise the Lord for that.
So we've got lots of different things. I was going to give you a, um, a terms page. I'm still going to give you that when it comes closer to our missions revival and be able to help you understand a little bit about missions, some terms it's going to be using that maybe you're not familiar with. But you say, Brother Daryl, why do I need to be a missionary? And we're getting to the part of the service about the message. I'm going to give you five points, five quick points, and then we're, then we're going to be out of here. But I want you to draw a circle around you or around your family. Don't worry about who's to your left or to your right. And I want you to picture with me there's people all around us that do not know Jesus Christ. And does it bother you? Does it bother me? Why do I need to be a missionary across the street or on a foreign field? Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 3, verse 16. John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know this verse. Sometimes we feel like, or I feel like it might be a children's verse. But you know what? All the verses in the Bible are for everyone. Point number one, why I be a missionary? Because life is everlasting. Because life is everlasting. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Now check this out. But it shall have everlasting life. Everlasting life. Does anybody have a guess on how many people uh, has ever been alive on this earth from Adam until about now. Anybody want to take a guess how many billions of people? 113 billion people have existed on this earth since the time Adam was created, since Adam and Eve was created. That's a little bit more than what would fit right here in our auditorium. My point is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single one of those souls. And in order for us to be an effective missionary, and why we need to realize that life is everlasting is those people need to be reached that do not know Him. He died not just for me and you, but He died for the black, the white, the brown, the yellow. He died for every single one of those 113 billion people that have ever lived on this earth. And again, I think sometimes we get so um, enthronged in ourselves that we forget that there's other people out there that have never heard the gospel. Point number two. Because hell is real. Not only do we need to be a missionary because life is everlasting, but because hell is real. Brother Jeremy, will you read for us Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 28. Thou art tormented. 
And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Amen. Thank you. So we need to realize that hell is real. We've all heard that passage. The passages that I'm going to share with you tonight are all familiar passages. But does it, does it burden our hearts to know that hell is real? And this man from hell is, is, is begging someone to go and tell his brethren that they do not need to come to this place of torment. If we could just get a glimpse of what's going on in hell. The Bible says that hell is a place where the worm dieth not, that uh, it's a place of outer darkness. You're not going to be there with your friends. And I know as I look around, I know most of y'all, or if not all of y'all, have accepted the Lord in, in your life. I know that. But we've got to understand that hell is real. And it's not only real for people in Dalton, Georgia, but it's real for people all around the world. And the missionaries that we send, uh, it's not that they, um, it's, oh, woe is me, I'm having to go to the mission field. No, they want to go because God has called them to go to the mission field. And it's not always good for them there. It's not always hunky-dory. They, chase, uh, they face challenges just as you and, oh, excuse me, you and I do. So we need to pray for them because they're fighting the gates of hell just as we are here trying to reach people that are going to a Christless hell. Folks, listen. This thing about salvation is not a thing of life and death. It's not a matter of life and death. It's a matter of heaven or hell. Because, see, life is everlasting, as we said back in the first part. We're going to live forever. We're going to live forever. Point number three is we're quickly moving on. Because life is brief. We know life is brief. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 14, if you want to turn there, fine. If not, I'm going to read it to you. It says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while, then it vanishes away. It's just a puff of smoke. We've all seen a vapor, whether it be on a tea kettle or whatever. But we need to be a missionary to both here and afar because life is brief. Now, I'll tell you this. That the life expectancy has increased. Not that that matters, a bunch of useless information. It's in the 80s now. But no matter how long you live, life is brief. And I guess really what I'm trying to drive home is there's people that are going to be separated forever from Christ. And I want to say, does that burden us? Does that really pull us? Does, do we have, does it bother us at all? That we're going to have a missions revival where missionaries are going to come and pour their hearts out about the field that God has called them to and um, that we don't give them uh, the time of day, maybe. And I know our church is not like that for the most part. There's, but I'm telling you, there's churches all over the place where missionaries come. They don't feel welcome. Uh, they're, they're critiqued on what's going on in their lives. And uh, we just need to try our best and make them feel at home when they come. Point number four, why be a missionary? Because the harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 4, verse 35. If I can get there. The Bible says this, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, by the way, 
Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Brothers and sisters, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. And I'll go as, as far to say this. People want the Lord. And you'll say, Brother Dale, you're crazy. I and mean, look what's going on. We was kind of talking the other day, yesterday during our Sunday school fellowship, that how things have changed and how it seems like people don't have a desire for God and, and they don't have um, uh, respect for our country. They don't have respect for our president. They don't have respect for this, that, and the other. And we just went on and on. But they want the Lord. They just don't know it yet. See, once they have a taste of the Lord, once they see that God can change their lives, then they'll see what they've been missing, and they'll want the Lord. So the field is ready to harvest, Brother Lamar, but somebody's got to go, okay? If that somebody is me, that somebody is you, that's what I'm asking you tonight. What's God's will for your life? Is God calling you to the mission field? I know, I know three families off the top of my head in this congregation tonight that God is dealing with your hearts about going to the mission field. And maybe you're afraid to take that step, and all of you are not uh, married. I know some of the young adults. Let me encourage you to seek God, because He won't direct you wrong. Hey, it might not be popular with your folks. It might not be popular with your neighbor. It might not be popular with a lot of people. But if God's calling you to do it, He'll provide for you. Finishing up, why do we need to be a missionary? Because God has commanded us to do so. Now, y'all knew I was going to get to these verses. These are the missions verses uh, of Hall of Fame, I guess. To call it. I'm go I've got some of y'all that's going to help me out. Read these. Uh, Brother Tommy, you've got Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And y'all, as these verses are being read, do me a favor. Really listen to them. And see, uh, I believe it was Spurgeon that said something like this. Uh, when we preach, it's not ours to improve the gospel. But when we preach, it is to proclaim it and to obey it when we hear, something along those lines. So, I'm sorry to keep you standing there, Brother Tommy, I'll be here just a second. When God says something in His Word, whether we like it or not, if He commands us to do it, we need to do it. And I'm not telling you to go halfway across the world, I'm not saying that. I, I, it wouldn't make no difference if I told you or not. It needs to be God to tell you to do it. But let's listen to these four or five verses and we'll be through. Brother Tommy, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Amen. The Lord is with us always, and he get, we know all those, uh, how He spread out the different areas there that we're responsible for our neighbors next door, we're responsible for our, 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 our community, we're responsible for people across seas. It is our responsibility, whether we go or not, we got to give. If we can't go, it's either like this, we go or give. We go or give. And I'll tell you this, the missionaries that we go, that, send, that, we, go, that send, we send, they also give back. I can tell you that. They give back. Second verse, Mark 16, 15. Everybody take your Bibles and turn there. Mark 16, 15. Brother Alex has become our reader of the week. He's going to read Mark 16, 15 for us. Go ye into all the world and preach to every creature the gospel. 
got that backwards a little bit. But again, we are commanded by the Lord to preach the gospel to the whole world. Okay? Brother Blaine, you've got Luke 14, 23. Luke 14, 23. I feel like I'm doing Bible drill. Amen. Now, I said earlier that people want the Lord. They do want the Lord, but guess what we got to do? We got to go get them. I was going to make this into a Georgia thing because it's in between the hedges, but it says to go out into the highways and the hedges. Again, we have our part that we've got to do. Friend, let me say this. It's 7.02. We're about done. If, you are, if, you've, if, you've been, if you've been saved, the Lord has saved you. See, y'all can shoot me because I don't have to preach again for another year or wherever. If you are comfortable by sitting in a pew, and that's all that you want to do, there's something wrong. I'm just being honest with you. I believe God has something for us to do. And the most important thing that He has for us to do is reach people for Jesus Christ. We don't need to let the blood of Jesus and I hate to even say it like this, but go to waste, I guess. He saved us so that we can reach others. Now let's everybody turn to Acts chapter 1. And we're closing. Brother Jared, if you'll get a, a song ready. Brother Jason, if you'll get ready to do the, the altar call. Very familiar verse. Acts 1.8 But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Friend, I want to challenge you, and I hope, I hope this hasn't been boring to you. Sorry, I kind of got off to a choppy start. But God has a plan for your life. He has a will for your life, Chris. He, if I could look at everyone, if I could sit right in front of you like I'm doing Brother Chris right now and look at you in little God-given eyeballs, I'd say, God has a plan for your life. And He wants you to reach people. And I pray that you have a burden for lost people because they're either going to go to heaven or they're going to be eternally separated from God. And that's not... That's not what, what you want from them, for them. Let me encourage you to search your hearts. Really, God, do you want me to go be a missionary? Whether it be in North Dakota, South Dakota, anywhere in the United States. You know, our church supports tons of... We support, I meant to tell you this earlier, 114 missionaries. I was going to have the percentages broke down for you. I did not do that. But we, we have ministries for the Rock of Ages prison ministry. As you know, we have print ministries. We have home missions. We have foreign missions, as you know, but we still got a lot of work to do. Our goal this past year was $100,000. Our Faith Promise goal was $100,000. And um, after all the Faith Promise cards were taken up, it was 100 that came up that we promised the Lord that we was going to give a certain amount to missions, and that amount was $102,396. So we exceeded that. Are we on track? Do you know? Okay. I would say that we are, and probably a little bit over, because we're a given church. Okay. But if we want to send these three missionaries 
that's coming in on the field. We're going to need you uh, and myself to give. Okay? And I also wanted to tell you this, is that you saw the, prayer, the faith promise card. Instead of waiting until October the 13th or even the 14th to pray about what God wants you to give, start praying now. And I can promise you this. I can promise you this. Husband, wife, pray separate. That God lay a dollar amount on your heart. And I can promise you, you'll come up with the same dollar amount. Am I lying, Kathy? Because now we might not. If we, if we disagree, I say, hey, we got to go back and pray again. We didn't come up with the same dollar amount. He might not work that way for you, but that's the way he works for us. Okay? So let me ask you. Y'all go ahead and come on. That you would seek God's will in your life for what he wants you to do for worldwide missions. With every head bowed and every eye closed, please stand with us. Brother Jason is going to uh, take over from this point.